Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2022. You made it. You made it. How about that? Let's try something to start off the new year. I'm going to say happy. You say new year. Ready? Happy. New happy. New 2022. It's interesting the things in life that you remember that just stick out in your mind and the things in your life that you forget. I'm not just talking about last year, 2021. I'm talking about years ago, decades ago, things that stick out in your mind, strange things, odd things, unusual things that you remember and other things that you simply don't remember and you forget. Here's what stands out to me about my eighth grade year. When I was in eighth grade, I went to a junior high school. We had two grades in this junior high school, eighth and ninth grade, over 2,000 students in two grades. Okay. And every day when I went to lunch over the loudspeaker, we had our own little in-house junior high radio station with records. They're plastic round things with knee anyway. Just ask your parents when you get home or grandparents, all right? And every day at lunch, as I was walking to the canteen to buy a 35-cent Mountain Dew. I would hear this over the loudspeakers. Tick, tock, tick. Tick, tock, tick. Tick, tock, tick. Do, 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 do. Tick, tock, tick. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Yes, every day, my eighth grade year, going to get my soft drink for my lunch. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Tick, tock, tick, written by the great lyricist himself, Steve Miller. Steve Miller wrote a lot of other great songs. Space Cowboy, Jungle Love, Big Old Jet Airliner, and of course, Fly Like an Eagle, which starts off with that catchy little hook, tick, tock, tick, do, 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 tick, tock, tick. And then that truth bomb, time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. He was right. Steve was right. We don't know a lot about time. There's been a lot of change in how we measure time from Newtonian physics to Einstein to where we are today. But we do know this about the linear time that you and I live in right now, this time, that we are living in? We do know that it's slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. And in our own language, in our own lives, so much of our life, so much of our lingo and slogans are based around time. We talk about time all the time. I just don't have enough time. Be on time. What time is it? It was his time. It's my time, it's my time. How much time do we have left? It was never the right time. It's comeback time. You will have the time of your life. I need more time. Well, he's serving time. Well, they're living on borrowed time. 
Time flies, time drags. We need more time. Don't waste your time. This time things will be different. We'll get them next time. Looks like we're all out of time. Just one more time. He was right on time. Take your time. It's about time because your time is up. Time. The whole world from Hong Kong to New York City to Houston, a, a couple of nights ago, we're celebrating what? The passage of time as numbers change from 2021 to 2022 and people around the world become motivational speakers and eternal optimists for about mm, four days. It's like just because those numbers changed over the, just because those numbers change and we're in 2022, my, my problems are gonna be solved, right? My circumstances are gonna change. New year, new you, here we go. Well, I hate to tamp down your optimism here, just two days into 2022, but nothing in your life is gonna change. Nothing in my life is gonna change unless we gain a deeper understanding of this simple yet mysterious concept and word called time. Time. God obviously has a lot to tell us about time. Let's look at this one small passage today in Ephesians chapter five, verse 15. If you brought a Bible bonus extra credit, if not, if you're in a hurry, then the passage will be right there in front of you, all right? Ephesians 5, 15 talks to us about time. Paul is writing this, of course. He says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, wise. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. We live in some evil, evil days. That is obvious. Matter of fact, if you are here or watching and you're a skeptic, there's probably more proof of evil and the devil than there is of God in the world, if you think about it empirically. I was in church, I don't know, a couple months ago. Not this church, another church. I was out of town, okay? And, and I was, you know, where you were. I was listening to this pastor. And this young pastor said something, and he framed it in a way that I'd never really heard, but I really liked it. He said, you know, in a church, we often hear this. God has a plan for your life. You ever heard that? I've heard that. I've said that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. God has a plan for your life. Matter of fact, one gospel track starts off, God has a wonderful plan for your life. But what we don't hear is this is that Satan has a plan for your life. Satan has a plan for your life. The dark side, the evil side of life, these evil days we live in can draw you and draw me in in this brand new year and get us off track. And one of the ways the enemy gets us off track is this, is that he wants you to see time as your enemy and not your friend. He wants you to see time as your enemy 
and not your friend. And many times we do see time as this enemy, time that something that's encroaching upon us, time that's something that's gonna grab us and take us to a place where we don't want to go. So how can we make a difference with our life in this brand new year, given the circumstances, given the challenges, given the problems, given the fears that we all have. I think something that will help all of us here, I know it's been helpful to me, is to understand three realities about time. Three realities about time. Number one is this, first reality, is that the past is unchangeable. The past is unchangeable. What happened in your life yesterday? What happened in your life last year? What happened 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? What happened to you then? And sometimes the consequences that followed that event are absolutely unchangeable, irreversible. You can play Monday morning quarterback. You can review those events in your minds. You can wish, you can hope, you can strategize. As you remember all of these things or a couple of events in your life that you think somehow by remembering and thinking about again, that somehow that's gonna change that event or change you, it's not. The past when it comes to time, is simply there. It's done. The past is in the past. Let me know if I'm going too fast. Green eggs and ham. Number two, the future is unknowable. And for those type A personalities here, uncontrollable. <laughs> you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. You don't know what's gonna happen next week, next year. You really don't know. You don't know, it's uncertain. And you can't control it. You cannot control your future. Here, here are the headlines. Yesterday, Wall Street Journal, ready? U.S. companies are thriving despite or because of COVID. Red-hot housing market fuels mortgage borrowing record. Stocks fall but close out banner year. All of that is in the past. There's no guarantee that those three headlines will ring true in the future. At the same time, right now, we know that inflation is off the charts. Crime is rampant and fear still looms in our world and in our lives about this pandemic and will it ever end and will we ever return to so-called normal. But we don't know about the future. I've been horrible, terrible about predicting what's gonna happen in my life. And I think I've been pretty intentional about that, I've tried to be. 
That's why we will pay people or find anyone, whether it's in a religious context or in a secular context, who may know the future and can predict it. But it's always bothered me, especially if you're into horoscopes or psychics, it's always bothered me that psychics usually live in a sketchy part of town in a little wooden shack with neon letters, right? If they were living in River Oaks, okay, I might go talk to them, but no. You understand that, right? Maybe one time they had predicted something financially. Anyway, so we want to know what's going to happen in the future. I did when I was 10 years old, living in South Carolina. If you'd have told me as a 10-year-old boy, one day you're going to live in Texas, this great republic, this great state. You're going to have the privilege of living here. I would have said, no way. I'm a Carolina guy. I'm a Gamecock. Well, lo and behold, boom, five years later, loaded up a truck, moved to Beverly, moved to Houston. Here we are, been here home base for many, many years now. I didn't know that when I was 10. If you'd told me that, I said, you're crazy. Not gonna happen. When I was 20, if you'd have told me, hey, the next eight years, you're gonna spend a, a time and a season in your life of great skepticism and despair and internal agnosticism about God and life, I would have said, no way, that's not possible. My faith is rock solid. I will never doubt. I have certainty. But lo and behold, next eight years, that's what happened in my life. If you told me at age 30 that in your career, you're going to start writing some books, I would have said, I'm not going to write books. I have no desire to write books. I don't know how to write a book. What does that even mean? But in my 30s, I started to write a few books. In my mid-40s, if you told me that in my 50s um, that uh, you're going to be remarried, you're going to have six adultish kids living in Chicago, Austin, Houston, Phoenix, and Los Angeles, I would have said, that is absolutely impossible. You're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But here I am, and that's what happened. So when it comes to the predicting the future of my life, the narrative of my life, I have been absolutely wrong every time. I'm batting zero, zero, zero. The future is unknowable and the future is uncontrollable. Now, let me say this, for those thinking lawyers and insurance brokers out here right now, of course, okay, always plan for the future. I'm not an idiot. You, you plan for the future, but you give up trying to control it. Prepare for the future, but forget trying to control it. I look at my life, maybe it's true in your life, I get in a lot of trouble in time when I am preoccupied either with the past or the future. Because when I dwell on the past or when you dwell on the past, and you remember events that happened then, either you romantically reflect and want to go back to the past, go back to this idealized time, or you realize how horrible the past was, how it's affecting your present life, and it brings in remorse and guilt 
and regret. That's what happens when you dwell in the past. And when you fixate on the future, what does that bring into your life? Worry, anxiety, stress, right? Worry, anxiety, and stress. Oh my. And to quote my kids, that's just kind of toxic. Right, it's toxic, toxic. Oh, if I worry enough and I have enough anxiety and if I toss and turn enough and lose enough hours of sleep, that's gonna change the future. No, it's not. Dwelling in the past or fixating in the future can mess you up and mess me up. It floods us with all types of emotions and thoughts and really sin, if you would, that prevents us from this third reality called the present. The past, when it comes to time, is unchangeable, uncontrollable. Uh, the future is unknowable and the, the present is unbeatable. The present is unbeatable. Right now is all that we have. And if we're to move forward into this new year, into our lives, and if you wanna really crush those resolutions and stop smoking and lose weight and exercise more, then you have to live in this present moment making the most of your time because the days are evil. Someone else has a plan and a scheme for your life to keep you anchored to the past or freaked out about the future and not living where God wants you right now in this moment, doing what he is calling you to do. Time. You know, the Bible, the New Testament, really uses two words to talk about time. One of the words it uses is the, is the Greek word chronos or chronos. It's where we get the word chronology from. And chronos is really clock time. Chronos. I mean, yesterday in the mail, I received this beautiful magazine, about 70 pages, all about watches. I didn't know I was into watches that much, but I guess I am. I got all these watches, that, that's, that's chronos time. We, we wear time on our wrists. We have time in our pockets, right, on our phones. We have time on clocks on our walls. The only place where you will not find a time or a, or a clock of any sorts is in a department store or when you're gambling, right, in Vegas. You don't see clocks there. Everywhere else, so there's clocks, there's time. We even have a square for it in New York City, right? There's time everywhere you go. We can't escape this chronos. Chronos is measured, um, you know, by numbers. It's measured by sequence. Seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, years, decades, centuries. That is chronos, time. The word chronos is used in the New Testament 54 times. 54 times. It's quantitative, it's measurable. But the word that is used most frequently in the New Testament for time is the word kairos, kairos. And kairos is used 86 times in the New Testament and this is a deeper kind 
of time. Kairos is measured by depth and intensity and not by numbers. It's Kairos moments. It's Kairos time. The word here in Ephesians 5 is make the most of your Kairos. Kairos. You go to the mountains. You see this beautiful purple, blue, gray structure just jutting up into the blue sky and the puffy white clouds and the cool breeze flowing through and you lose yourself in the moment. You lose any concept of chronos and time and day and months. That is a kairos moment. You go to the ocean and it's at the end of the day and you see that sun setting over the beautiful blue water or if you're in Galveston, brown water and it's setting and, and you're absorbed in that moment. You're absorbed in that moment. That's a kairos moment. You're at a wedding that you didn't pay for and you see this couple Engage in this moment as they exchange vows, as they become one before God, man, and friends, and family, and the rice is thrown in the air, and people go, hooray. And for that moment, that's a kairos moment. It's a moment in time. A child playing in a sandbox and building sandcastles. An artist painting or writing the words to a song. A Christian worshiping in church in a moment. That can be a kairos moment. Kairos. It's the appointed time in which God acts and we experience a level of life that we never have before. It's the appointed time of God. It's a moment when we begin to understand and feel and experience the purpose of God in nature or the purpose of God in our very life. Kairos. When you look at Jesus starting his ministry, the very first words that Mark records that Jesus spoke are all about kairos. Look at Mark chapter one, verse 14. Mark one, verse 14, it said, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. Proclaiming the good news of God. The time, kairos, has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, which means change your view of reality. Change your view of reality and believe the good news. Think about Jesus. Three years, just a dash of a Kairos moment that changed the entire world. Again, if you're listening here and you're sitting there and you're, listen, if you're skeptical, you have to consider his life. You have to consider 
the life of someone who lived only three years in a very small speck of the world some 2,000 years ago. Didn't write a book, didn't win a war, didn't have a TV show, a blog, or anything, had no money. We know very little about him, and yet his life, his little dash of a life, this Kairos moment that he had in time has changed everything. Whether you believe in him as savior or not, you have to understand that and evaluate who is this Jesus. He said, hey, I'm here. This is a Kairos moment. The kingdom of God is about to crash into your temporal world. Kairos. Kairos is when God's presence breaks into our world. It's Kairos. And in 2022, we need more Kairos and less Kronos. We're going to have Kronos. I like time. I like chronological time. I'm uptight about time. I like to be on time, start on time, end on time. I'm into time, planning, calendars. All that is fantastic, hunky-dory, hallelujah. Tick, tock, tick, do, 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 do. I understand. We've got to figure out time, plan. But what God wants for us in, in, in this life that we have in this brand new year is for the, us to have more Kairos moments, more Kairos moments. And next week, we'll talk more about how we do that. It's next week. But we have a few more minutes because we're running out of time. Going back to Ephesians, okay? Let's go back to Ephesians 5.16. Therefore, be careful how you walk. He doesn't say be careful how you run. Be careful how you run. No, we're good at running. Running around, running here, running there, doing this, doing that, running ourselves ragged. No, be careful how you walk. When we walk, We've got to be a little more deliberate. When we walk, we kind of have a better sense of, of where we are and what's around us. When we walk, we can listen. It takes time to walk. Be careful how you walk. Walk wisely. Because the days are evil. How do we do it? We've got to live in this present moment. Live in this present moment. This moment is all that we have. This moment's all that we have. Live in this moment. Writer Jerry Sitzer says this, he says, what if there is not enough time? There will never be enough time if we think of it as a commodity to consume rather than a gift to enjoy. The only time we have is now, and the only task we have is the one set before 
us. In 2022, it's my challenge to you, my prayer to you, that you would watch how you walk and that you would not be anchored to the past or freaked out about the future, but live in this present moment with God in Christ right now. And ask him to bring more kairos into your life in the midst of the chronos. Live in this very precious kairos, this moment. Let go of the past. Let go of the past. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and press forward, let go of the past. Let God handle the future that you cannot control and cannot predict. Let God handle the future and live in this precious present moment. At work, as a boss, as an employee, be fully present to the task at hand and to the people that are in front of you. As a husband or a wife, be the very best husband or wife that you can be, be in that moment. As a student, give yourself to your work diligently, intentionally, knowing that God is working in these also so-called mundane moments, in this present moment, in this now. Sometimes I, I, I go to the cemetery where my mom is buried. My mom passed away almost five years ago. And when, when I go out there, I'll walk out. It kind of takes a while to, once you get there and park to get to her gravesite. And when, when I walk out there, I'll simply, you know, just hang out there. I don't do any kind of ritual or I'm a guy. I don't bring any flowers or anything like that. I'm kind of an idiot. And I'll just go up there and just kind of think about my mom and, Memories and reflect and be thankful. And then I think I've told you all this before, but then after that, I'll walk about 15 feet, no lie, a free throw, and I'll go see Moses. Because my mom, in the sovereignty of God, is married 15 feet, buried 15 feet from Moses Malone, the basketball player. So I'll go by and talk to Moses a little bit, check out Moses, remember his life and stuff and all that, and then I'll leave. But what I notice when I walk through the cemetery, and I'm sure you have too, is you notice the tombstones and, and the name or the last name that's on the tombstone. And then and you'll see dates, right? You'll see the Kronos, you know, 1936 to, you know, 2006, 1947 to 2013, 1925 to 1999, and all these different times, these chronos. And you'll look around, you'll know that some people lived a very long life. Other people lived an incredibly short life. Some people lived life, the length of their life in between. But as you look at a cemetery, what stands out really to me and to us, I think, is what's unspoken there. What are a bunch of dates? 
What are the dates and the chronos? What does that matter? Because what really counts is not the date that someone was born and the date that someone dies. What really matters is the dash. It's the dash in between the dates that matter. The dash, it's all about the dash. The kairos moments in our life, the kairos opportunities we have to respond to God and to experience God in this present moment. It's all about the dash. So the question is, what are you going to do about the dash? The dash. in this brand new year, 2022, as time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into 